Getafe, the the club that he was with before, accused Crystal Palace of uh, trying to pull down their trousers. Oh, do you remember that? The trouser they lowballed their offer. They lowballed the trouser pull. Listen, we've gone far enough on this. All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Brian Shesko. And Scott Wiebe is not here with us today. Scott, I saw this morning, Scott has no voice, and we don't want him here anyway because he has been sick. He's been sick. It's that time of year when people get sick. I'm thankful that I'm not. I'm sure my time is coming. Right, we were out of surgical masks, or else we might have risked it and had somebody else speak for Scott in his place. He, maybe sign language. He could have communicated via sign language. That would have been hard to transcribe through the microphone. Yeah. Bottom line is this: we had told everyone uh, via our last pod that we were not going to be back until after the holidays. We the lied. holidays, in quotes, we lied. Is still going on, yes. and technically, we lied. Because there's no way to have known in this amazing unfolding of the Premier League season that the happenings of the last week and a half, actual timetable week and a half, match week, three weeks, that in that amount of time, so much would have happened that we would need to kind of do a almost a surprise podcast today. It's it, almost like we've had three seasons in this one season so far. <laughs> okay. Explain that to and me. And that's a just bit. in real life. <laughs> that's just in real Premier League football. That's, that's not even in fantasy terms. Because right. of course fantasy just changes so fast every from week to week. And and that's what I feel like we've seen. As in I feel like we've had a runaway right. what felt like a runaway Manchester City season again through however much you know, however much of the first part of the season. Like like who do you own? Even though that there, there was rotation there it was like, hey, even if you had a Sterling or a Sané, or maybe even an Aguero when he was when he was in, that hey, I'm gonna be okay. Even if it's a sub, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, you know, you had this the Spurs run here where they exploded, and it's like, oh, are, is there is there a new title contender in the mix here? They're scoring five or six goals a game, right? And then you have and then you have some new managers come in, and you change the fortunes of of some of these other teams. You know, the other clubs now have. Uh, have a new lease on life. Who would then, have thought? Who would have thought, Brian, during our last pod, that we would be saying in in the calendar day of of less than two weeks, mm-hmm. "Hello, Manchester United yeah. players, welcome back to fantasy relevance." Yes, and the, the club and that I was good, I was and, so happy to say there is no one that you should even think about, and I'm sure everyone else felt that way. Sure. It wasn't like there's, you were no one shedding some pieces at. of information right. that was only privy to you. Right. We, and all, then, we all felt the same. And then back then, and I mean two weeks ago, it was, hey, listen, Sterling's a staple, right? He's never going to leave your team. Yeah. It, it, you're always going to find a place for him to now, to today, is, uh, do he, I own any City players he's right the now? First, he's the first player out. The third season is this new... Liverpool, it's Liverpool's title to lose again. 
And we're back into it. Now we're in a, a completely new set of, of season, which is the, all, which is all gonna which all could change again on Thursday. The whirlwind is honestly dizzying me. And the point is that we had to just had to come back here and talk <laughs> about this for fantasy purposes, because not only has all of this happened, but now your wild card is active again. And Which you, and, makes things even more and and if amazing. you didn't and if you're not feeling the temptation to to <laughs> activate that that chip, then you are then you don't have a pulse. <laughs> all right. So with all that being said, yeah. What do we want to talk about? Let's let's, well, let's, let's I was going to say tell the people at home at least what we're thinking about talking about in this for for less than uh, for anywhere from thirty to to ninety five minutes. Thank you for getting me back on track as Scott would normally, but he is not here. Hence the reason why I don't have those responsibilities. Yep. We are going to talk about this. We're going to talk about a couple new happenings. Obviously, we've already alluded to. And then we're really going to focus in on wild carding to wild card to not to wild card. And if you do, what you need to be looking for. Because we have an idea of what the same pressures that everyone's feeling. Mm-hmm. We are going to discuss those and discuss the remedies for those and how to go about doing what you want to do if you are going to use your wild card right now. That sounds about right. That's right. A, that sounds well, basically like what we talked about before we uh, clicked record. That's always good. All right. Well, let's get on to this. All right. So now, as this crazy last couple weeks have began, one of the first things, Brian, I feel like before we talk about anything else, because we have a team with very good players. And this team is now starting to become fantasy relevant where they haven't been fantasy relevant all year. You could easily point to the manager change in Manchester United, Jose Mourinho out. Ali, Ali Gunnar Solskjaard. Ali Gunnar Solskjaard. That's close. He says, just call me Ali. So we'll stick with that until we can officially how to say it. But okay, s- but you are close without okay. saying cagard on the end. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no cagard no. there. It's it's yeah. soul soulchard. Well, yeah. I'm gonna call him the soldier, Ollie the soldier we'll just call gunner, him Ollie, Ollie the gunner soldier. You can call him the baby face assassin because that's all everybody <laughs> wants to call him. That, is that was that his nickname when he yeah. played for United? Yeah. Okay, briefly he was a United player. Mm-hmm. He's a United guy. He is brought in as a caretaker, in quotes, caretaker manager for Manchester United. I'm sure everyone listening to this already knows this. Bottom line is this. He is literally taking the handcuffs off the offensive abilities of the players on that club. No one has benefited more than Jose Mourinho's nemesis in Paul Pogba. That's true. Uh, guys who... Uh, you know, just looking at the start of the season, Pogba, Pogba was on the radar. He was on the radar. I feel like he was on the radar from the very from week one. So week one, not only is he, you know, we've you know we've learned that he's on penalty kicks, but he was playing well. I mean, he had a good his start to the season was excellent. He was up to almost a million managers, like a million people owned him almost by week four. He started the season for fantasy purposes at. At eight pounds. Yep. Okay. He quickly went to eight point two by week three. Blanked a whole bunch. Blanked blanked a few times in a row. Like we said, the three week blank, and uh, 
everyone shipped him back out again. And then he was fine. I mean, he kind of alternated. And it's that's like a his scores through week 10 or an 11 are, are, it's almost like they're a perfect indication of the way, it was almost like it, it's like you can see his, his attitude fluctuating uh, in his scores. And so, yeah, you can see the drama kind of play out, not only in the results for Manchester United, but in the way that he performed. And now, in three weeks, he has scored you know, basically 40% of his fantasy points for the season in the past three weeks. Past three weeks. 13, 15, and 18. He has gotten bonus points two, three, and three in consecutive weeks. Obviously a total of eight bonus points out of a possible nine bonus points in the last three weeks. If anything, that is as impressive as anything else. Now look, here's one thing. People are going to point to these, Brian, and say, "Hey, it's it's at Cardiff, Huddersfield, and Bournemouth." That was, and that was exactly the argument at the beginning. Was, "Hey, now calm down." The first result was against Cardiff, so this is not only a new manager. The you know everyone has been a bit set free here. It's new Manchester United, new manager who's saying, "I want to get back to the old ways. I want to get back. We need to free this up." Yeah, and we're gonna do this. And, yeah, and our perfect guinea pig to test on is Cardiff. Cardiff. So of course they smashed Cardiff, and everybody probably felt the same way. Even Manchester United fans would have said, "Right, okay, they were like, hey, now just let's calm down.' We here. love it, but let's just pump the brakes a little bit." Right, and they follow that up with us to be able to get to smash Huddersfield at home. Also a good guinea pig. For such an experiment, great, great first home match for the first man, and the first game for and the man. You might say the same thing about Bournemouth. There is not a better time for them to have played the Cherries. That's right. Who are just leaking goals, leaking goals, lose their captain. Uh, Francis is out. Simon Francis, knee injury, ACL rupture is out for you know is out for six months at, at minimum. Eddie Howe talked about it prior to the match. It's a huge blow for them. It's bad for the it's bad for their on the field product. It's bad for the locker room. So then, I mean, anyone who watched the match today saw Nathan Ake pull up, you know, in the kind of early in the second half. So he was hobbled a bit. Nobody that you want to have out there more than a hobbled Nathan Ake trying to track unleashed free Marcus Rashford. <laughs> right. And Mar- right. Anthony Martial. Right. So I know. No, they, this is the perfect time for them to get back on track. It's three of the best possible matchups in a row. And I think, Dave, this is the reason why jumping on them, which you and I did not as we watch everyone race past us, right? Yeah, is that this run of matches for them stays really green oh, for I, the foreseeable future. I now own him. So right. I probably jinxed everyone else who did. And I probably personally now am responsible for jinxing Pogba going forward. Right. Well, and so those three matches were outstanding. And so good on you if you jumped on Pogba right away. Good on you if you jumped on Rashford. I did I did bring in Rashford, but it was obviously not enough. Sucks for you if you, if you jumped to Anthony Martial because right away he gets sick and you get the boring assist. Yeah. That's all you get from him today. Right. Hardly any points, and I don't think Jesse Lingard did anything today either. No, he did so, not. So the big money is all in Pogba and, and Rashford, and that's the question. Yeah. Is that how, this is now, th- this is what, Pogba is the new 
Sterling is he is Raheem Sterling or Leroy Sané from he, from just three weeks ago. Here's the crazy part: no one this season has put together a 13, 15, and eighteen, regardless of who they've played. Like this is really something. Pogba in in a really quick time has turned himself look into someone who I must have. I must have because other people have him, and even if I don't love him, I need to have him because if I don't, there's too much at risk going forward to not own him, right? Yeah. And and he's cheap. Yeah. Considering the performances, he's cheap. He is now at 8.2. He just went up as we were prepping for the pod tonight to 8.2. Yeah. One Three the- weeks ago, he was 7.8. Yeah. Good. And, Congrats and if you got him He will be point. going up again today. So by the time you listen to this very well, he might be up to 8.3. Well, it's funny because he's had the stats. And one of the weird things, I think, for the, you know, up through the, through this part of the season, uh, while we watched Kane and Salah, you know, usual suspects taking a ton of shots, we saw Alexander Mitrovic kick a ton of shots. Right. Pogba was always up there in terms of shots on target. He was always in the top two or three in terms of shots on target it just didn't turn into there was just was there were no points to go along with it so now if this is you know if they've they've sorted it out uh probably the worst thing anyone could see especially people who jumped on Marcus Rashford is that you got a yellow triangle cuz that's that we you know everyone gets to wait on whether or not his groin strain is is serious yeah cuz uh he went straight down the tunnel after the match or as soon as he was subbed off today Right. So that's TBD on his availability for midweek. But doesn't hurt him if Lukaku's going to step back in there. They're playing Newcastle. Right. So, so Rashford just moves over to so the wing. Even, and even if Rashford doesn't play, what are you going to do? You still have Lingard, Martial, Lukaku, and and a keyed-in Pogba. Yeah. So yeah. there's not a lot to go wrong here right now. So are, 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 I mean, we were recommending, hey... Take take one of those four guys. I wouldn't take anyone in the United defense, but take any of those four guys moving forward as United's upcoming schedule is at Newcastle, at Spurs, home to Brighton, home to Burnley, at Leicester, at Fulham. I mean, other fantasy people have talked about this, and it's and it really is. I mean, I feel like it's gonna it's gonna be money, especially for the midfielders. Everyone's going to want Pogba most, I think. But to me, I mean, Anthony Martial has already shown his quality this season. His He came close uh, when he was on his great run. He went 13, 15, 9, and 10 yeah. in four consecutive matches and made everybody think that they needed to own him. And even if you well, bought even him... even a 7, he backed that... that he followed that 10 right, with a 7. Even, even if you bought him after Cardiff, you know, you're mad. Of course you're mad that he gets food poisoning against Huddersfield, but then he comes back and gets an assist and He's here. still got a 5. Right. right. He still ends up... He still gets you points. So... And Jesse Lingard's the same. Like, if Lingard's going to be in there in this setup with this sort of attack going forward, yeah, you're probably... I mean, this this could be one of those things that alternates from week to week. And are you counting on Paul Pogba finishing every match with... Two goals and two assists. No. So, can he get an assist and a goal? Can he get? Can he get two assists? Can he do an assist every once in a while? Yeah, of course. Like I, I there is no reason why that cannot. That's not. That is a hundred percent repeatable. And we, like we've said, you know, as long as you're looking at fixtures, I mean, I don't know how many people 
between January 2nd and January 13th, they're going to get all upset about the fact that after Newcastle, they play at Tottenham. So which Tottenham defense is going to be out there? Is it the leaky one that gives up three to Wolves? Right. Or is it the one that blanked Manchester United at Old Trafford not too long ago? Right. I think we all agree that the Manchester United team is different. It's just this Jekyll and Hyde Spurs, and I'm I'm desperately avoiding saying Spursy here. Uh, but that is not that that is a I think rightfully a five maroon matchup using the matchup scale that Fantasy Premier League has put on there on the player profile. All right, Brian, what is our final recommendation now for for the red side of Manchester? Well. With fantasy purposes. Fantasy purposes, I mean, I feel like it's impossible to ignore Pogba. Agree, completely. And so, yeah, I mean, we we saw it. We see it in our mini league. You see it with purchases. As of right this moment, Yeah, which is 9.22 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in the United States, Paul Pogba has been transferred in uh, 321,000 times this since this game week in the has last ended okay okay got you so he has been transferred in in this this round which is approaching game week 21 321,000 times wow and so that's in addition to the number of he, the number of that he was purchased at going into last match week which was 1.2 million yeah which was which was right he I, he has gone from 700,000 in ownership two weeks ago, which would have been that he was at seven hundred thousand in ownership at Huddersfield going into the Huddersfield match. All right, so that's what I was looking he, at. He Not is, the transfers in; it was the total ownership then. His total ownership thinking. went from five hundred and ninety-three thousand to seven eighty-three wow. to now one point two million. That's what I was. That's okay. That's what I was looking at. Amazing, yep. absolutely amazing. So All you right. can't ignore it, and I would think. I mean, obviously, you know if. Rashford is gonna, I think, is gonna already suffer some sales. I agree because of the triangle. Now, However, I, Marcus Rashford showed today exactly how capable he is, and I think midweek, or, or sorry, going into this match today, there are you know all of the reports from Ollie, you know, from from Solskjaer. Solskjaer. So you feel good about that? No. Well, I okay. mean, I I've I heard it. So but we'll talk about. We'll do. I thought we we're gonna thing. call him. Like baby babyface assassin. assassin said that his gripe with Rashford had more to do with the team that they that they have done they need to do a better job recognizing his strengths playing to his strengths that he has making runs and he talked about it especially late in matches that Rashford is making runs behind the defense that the team is not doing a good enough job reacting Seeing. to. Oh wow! That they need to do more to get him involved and play to Rashford's strengths. Wow. Locked in Pogba can take advantage of that. That's true. Attacking Anthony Martial, who's who, and Jesse Lingard, who are looking for that, can exploit that. Yeah. So that's the part of it that, for me, if they are going to do that, Marcus Rashford, it makes me so nervous that Lukaku is I know. back and is healthy. I and know. If what kind of rotation this is going to look like? I really hope that this, you know, that this, that this run of form continues for Rashford because hit as you saw today 7.2 for him in that offense the way that's running is a steal yeah I agree and will be a steal for for a while I own Rashford and Pogba 
Yep. Just for the record, going forward. I had owned Rashford. As of today, I am a Pogba owner. And I missed out on his points earlier today. Yep. We're ignoring De Gea. We're ignoring Luke Shaw, Ashley That's Young. That's correct. I think everyone kind of feels the same. They're still shipping these weird goals. They're, you know, all the offense in the world doesn't make the defense not give up a, a crap goal. I agree. And they, so stay away from the defense. If you were going to pick one, Luke Shaw, I think you'd still have to go with Shaw. I agree. Lindelof's the cheapest at 4 8. Baye's red Bailly's card. Baye's red. It was ridiculous and <laughs> should have had a red before he got his red card anyway. <laughs> Uh, we were, you know, our guys in, you know, in the mini league that were talking about it here, and uh, when he tried to, when he tried to kick Charlie Daniels' uh, collarbone out of his neck, amazing, uh, and somehow managed. Wait, to Wait, he get, tried to money him. It was I, man, or worse. I, I hesitate to say because he didn't kick him in the face, but it looked so awful. Yeah. Anyway, bottom line is this: we like Manchester United going forward. We do not like their. Backline defense. You have to, and so we're. I think it's fair to say you're starting. We're starting with Manchester United here, because as much as you would say Salah has now shifted everyone's thinking, Pogba, Martial, Lingard, and Rashford are all very much attainable for anyone's squad. I agree. I agree. Way more than Salah is. If you yeah. don't already have Salah, which we're, we can look at each other uh, on that one. <laughs> If you don't already have him, you know, he's still owned 40. Now he's up to 40%. Salah yeah. is. Yeah. So we're you're speaking to 60% of the fantasy Premier League right, right. now. Who don't own him. Who don't own Salah. Right. He is, he is not nearly as attainable easily as any of the Manchester United people. Absolutely, because he's and, up to a 13-3. And, and you would way rather have Pogba's points here in the past three weeks. Well, sure. Than anyone the, else's. Yes. Now, obviously, is that sustainable? And we no, don't know that. I would doubt it. But it, it still does not mean you don't like it. Brian, on to the blue side of Manchester. What in the world are we to make of the the city has inexplicably lost two games in a row? You and I both have an idea of why. Um, one that's not fantasy relevant on why Fernandinho did not play in, in, in my opinion. That's why they, he is such a key cog to what they do. Fernandinho fantasy relevance. It, it will never come across your, your radar, but in real life, Fernandinho, when he's not on the field for Manchester city, there is a huge, huge gap. There is no one to fill his shoes. Yeah. I think everybody kind of felt that. And then too, I think, you know, look, I know everybody wants to hate on, and especially you know Scott has made a uh, made a lot of, uh, you know Benjamin Mendy's attitude and how you know how potentially poisonous he could be. Sure. For your squad, but click open his profile and take a look at Manchester City's results after when he was there and mm, since he's been out. It's scary. It actually. makes a big difference when he's in there. Obviously, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I think it affects a lot about what they, you know, the way they have to play. I mean, they they were still winning without him, yeah, uh, for a lot of this run. And it really is in this last four matches, which it, which I think everyone is mostly. I think it's just, it's it's way more of what happened. How in the world did this happen? Well, last time we recorded, 
I think you are on record as saying Sterling obviously is a staple, right? We felt like Sterling is a staple and that how could you not not have him in your lineup? When we recorded, many fantasy sites who are more elaborate than ours is were were saying Sané and Sterling... A, a Sterling Sane double up in the midfield is a great idea. Is a great idea yep. and something that a lot of people did. I did it. Multiple people in our very mini league did it. I'm right. sure plenty of people did it. Right. And all of a sudden, now we have gone in three games from S- Sterling Sane midfield, Sterling being an absolute nailed on essential midfielder for your FPL squad to. Sterling having dropped at least three tenths in the past three games, yeah, and probably the first person you subbed out to get either Eden Hazard or Salah, Salah, or possibly Pogba. It, it's amazing. I fit into that category because I got Hazard a couple match weeks ago, and I did. I sold Sterling, and I didn't feel great about it. Yeah, but I was Hazard. Just seemed like I had to have. Right, and this I think is going to lead into a little theme, maybe for for the rest of the podcast. Is I am too worried not to have that guy. Right? It might be yeah. Kane, it might be Hazard, it might be Salah, it might be Pogba. But everyone out there listening to this podcast, on somewhere in them, unless you already own everyone, is yep. thinking to yourself, I. I'm nervous because I don't own that guy. It's just like this. A few years ago, there was when last time Luis Suarez was in the league for Liverpool, he was the the guy that if you didn't have him, you were falling behind because every single week he was producing, right? Uh, Alexis Sanchez two years ago for Arsenal was like that. Like if you didn't have yeah. Sanchez, yes. holy crap, like you were losing, you were you were in trouble, right? Right yeah. now, Salah was that last year. Salah was that last year. And he's starting to maybe become that now. Yes. I don't know there's other performers there's other performers out there that that if you have all of them, they might be able to compensate for that. But right now, uh, and again, we can speak for there's multiple guys in our own mini league uh looking at you, Aaron Hicks, um who have captained Salah like the last 5 weeks. Uh-huh. And has just moved his way up the chart, up the chart, up the chart, up the chart, and has really benefited him. Yeah. Um, I For Manchester City, I think my feeling was, especially this past week, one, Southampton will cure what ails you. Okay. And so... Yeah, but, so but South, Southampton had been pretty good underneath so Hosenhol. Right. Hosenhol had gotten a hurdle. <laughs> hurdle. Uh, he had... He definitely gave the Saints a bump, and we still, and I would say I hope, just whether he was sick or not, that Scott would not let sickness affect his love of... Hasnoodle. Uh, what did they call him? The uh, Clop of the Alps? Yeah. That's that's his. That's what they call him? Yeah. I mean, a bad result here against Manchester City is no surprise. They cut they cut the goals in half. Right. They So congrats on playing much better. Yeah. Um. But still, you know, it's a it's the result. Like you know, I still feel like it's a result that you you expect. So you know, it's great. I feel like it's good for you know for somebody who's more neutral in terms of the title race and 
hopefully Thursday brings all kinds of fresh new drama. I mean, just on for for drama's sake, I think we should all root for a Manchester City out and out victory. Brian, what? Though? But what I'm saying for is fantasy for, purposes for Manchester City. Like I don't. I feel like this has changed so quickly. It's scary. In two matches. That it's it could switch back, like I said, just as quick. I sold. I did what everyone else did. I sold Raheem Sterling to go straight to Eden Hazard, and I kept Leroy Sané today, thinking that he had started so many matches consecutively, and it was a good matchup against Southampton. Now Leroy Sané gets to sit and sub in and give everybody who who kept you know kept him for this match the dreaded one, sub in late and do and do nothing. So. Obviously, he's going to be a key part of Thursday's match. Leroy Sané is an essential piece to the Manchester City attack on Thursday. I would assume Raheem Sterling retains his spot, and I Probably. think. And I, I look. I think we should all be glad. I think we are all going to be happy that Raheem Sterling continues to drop in price. Well. I, I agree because I would love to somehow eventually own him. Although there's no way I don't think you can own Sterling, Salah, and Hazard, and still have and playable have any, play. any sort of team. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. Um, I did find this interesting. One bit of analysis, if we're allowed to do that. I watched uh, not all of the City and Southampton game today. Uh-huh. Riyad Mahrez made multiple bad decisions at multiple times today, yeah. and I just wonder if if it wouldn't surprise me as if after today Sané has a more permanent position, uh, because Riyad Mahrez today, he had uh, he took a shot, and I know scores are going to score, shooters are going to shoot, right. right, Brian? This is not a basketball podcast, yep. but that's what they say. He's a chucker. He's a chucker. Mahrez shot one time, but in, in one easy pass to Sterling would have been a tap-in goal, and it's one of those where Sterling had both hands down towards yeah. his feet, like. Yeah. What are you doing? There was multiple through balls that Sterling missed. And I'm watching this, and I'm nobody from from the TV broadcast. And I'm thinking, and, and the broadcast guys aren't saying anything, but, but for whatever reason, I was keying on Mares today. He just seemed to make multiple bad decision after multiple bad decision. And I just wonder how much more time Pep's going to give him when you have Sané performing on a pretty regular basis yeah. very well. Well, so, not only that, now in... in- need they need performance they need the performance yes they do like, not they cannot afford nope there's seven points slip ups there's amazing amazingly amazingly in a two-week span they are seven points now behind liverpool yep which is just fascinating yeah the fact that they had to pass spurs by winning today like it's that, fascinating that, that's a, that is an amazing thing that i don't think anyone would have guessed Three games ago, can we? Can that be the title of the podcast? It was three <laughs> games ago when we were saying these are shoe in matchups right. for Manchester City. I this know. is why you own these guys, and they got smashed in in and, two of three against Leicester City and Crystal Palace. Brian, how are many, you kidding? How many City owners were out there that are just rubbing their foreheads as? as they are just getting nothing from their city players in these matches when it, there were shoe-ins. There were locks. I don't how, know how, how many else to people? say for fantasy purposes. This I feel like this can change back next match. 
I feel like a big performance from any one. It's going to happen. It's not going to be next match. You see it every single week. It's not going to be next match against Liverpool, is it? One match is all it takes. All it takes is one. It's not going to be the Liverpool match, is it? Tell me what happened to Obama Yang going into this week. I'll tell you what happened. So many people sold the guy who is in contention for the golden boot. Right. So many people sold him that his price dropped. Uh, it's mind-blowing. It is only now that his sales are picking back up because they're playing Fulham, and I don't know how smart that is considering Unai Emery. We can, if we're not going to switch this in, what all this is to say, <laughs> rotation is a, a killer right now. Yeah. Unai Emery is saying, sometimes I, I don't know why everyone thinks this is so weird, Sometimes I sub Lacazette. Sometimes it's Aubameyang. Sometimes it's this other guy. He's saying, I'm going to do this. Right. Lacazette is the one who did not play most of the match today yeah. against against Liverpool. Yeah. Lacazette got a penalty in that game. Yeah. It, yeah. Aubameyang's the one that played the whole time. If look, Aubameyang look. sat against Fulham, would you be shocked? I'm going to spare everyone. No, I wouldn't be shocked. And that probably will happen. All of that. Well, all, gonna... all, all I'm saying is, for all of that, is the, everyone is reacting so quickly to all of this stuff. And this past week, the transfers were so ridiculous and so crazy for everybody that I feel like it. Can, I mean, it's going to turn. You're talking about Raheem Sterling, who three weeks ago was the was the midfielder points leader. He had passed Salah and Hazard yeah. to be the number one midfielder and the number one scoring player in FPL. Now he's in. Two weeks. He went out of form for two weeks, and he's dropped three-tenths of his value. It's unreal. I know. Brian, the situation is volatile. I want to take this moment to, to talk about this. This is not going to be an Arsenal moment, but I feel like it's fair. There's probably people that listen to this pod. I am not trying to skirt addressing the fact that Arsenal got completely demolished by Liverpool. Let's give me give me two minutes to discuss this, just okay. to, to to throw this out there because I don't want to seem like I'm running from it. I'll leave. In fairness, don't leave. Okay, because there's only two of us. That'd be weird. So I will say this uh, because I I don't want to seem like we're we're making this agenda and we're just running from it. I I don't want anyone to think that I'm running from this. If Scott was here, we'd discuss it probably a little bit more. Arsenal lost. I said on Slack, Slack sponsor us before the match. I don't feel good about this at all. I feel like we're about, Arsenal's about to be fed to the Sharks. Completely different from when the first time they played. I accurately predicted the first time. Technically, I accurately predicted this time because I felt like Arsenal's about to get run over. It was a really nice weather day here in Virginia, Saturday. Okay. I had the doors open to my house. It was like 60 degrees. It was amazing outside. It felt great. Very rare for the winter, right? Arsenal scored their first goal, and you and I were texting back and forth. I said, did you hear me? Because I yelled. Yeah. I literally yelled. I screamed when Maitland-Niles put, put that goal in. I thought, oh, my gosh, there might be a chance today. You should be playing Bittersweet Symphony probably uh, under all of this. Fair enough. That was the last moment of the match that uh -huh. then I could I could uh, relish. Uh, look, there was multiple things about that match that that could have nothing would have changed the result. Arsenal was going to lose. They're not as good as Liverpool right now. Very obvious. Um, the the Arsenal when they when, when they looked their best all season. Let's just say this: when they beat Spurs four to two. Yes, that lineup. That was the last time we saw that lineup. 
uh-huh. that match. That it was, believe it or not, and this could sound ridiculous, Rob Holding was in there, Mustafi, Socrates, that was the back three, Bellerin and uh, Kolasinitz on the wings as Can't wing backs. how much they miss Hector Bellerin for, for that presence on that side. Anyways, moving on. And Holding. Rob Holding, surprisingly to everyone. Unless you're an Arsenal fan, Rob Holding had been playing amazing. He kept Socrates out of the starting lineup for about the first six weeks of the, of the year. Bottom line is this. Arsenal got their pants beat off of them. Uh, Liverpool looked like title contenders. And uh, they have a commanding seven-point lead, and they earned all of it. I think Salah's a diver. I'll be on record. <laughs> okay. I, I, look, I'm not the only person that thinks that. Just go on Twitter. Not that Twitter is the judge and jury, but... Plenty of people that thought he should have been lynched for his Newcastle flop. That was so bad. On the shoulder, the shoulder. Oh, he touched my shoulder. Oh, I'm falling down. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. That's a lot. Um, yeah, that one was In terrible. this match, look, Zinchenko today uh, in the city in Southampton match uh, was not called for a penalty uh, for the same contact that happened in the match with Arsenal and Liverpool with Socrates and Salah. Just as much as, as anyone could say, oh, he found him. There's contact. Yes, there was contact. On some level, we need to be somewhat civilized in saying there's contact, but was there enough contact to make him collapse? Like someone shot him in the leg? Probably not. So, Look, I, he wasn't tripped, but all of a sudden his legs just went limp and he fell down. This is the same guy again who someone touched his shoulder the week before and he fell down. That was awful. He is a flopping. <laughs> now, he's a very good player, okay? And he did many other amazing things this match. But when it comes to him flopping in the box, he is now on record for at least once or twice. And I get if you want to argue that this was a 50-50 or whatever. I think this this last one in the Arsenal match is, is arguable. I don't think the Newcastle one is arguable at all. But whatever. That wouldn't have mattered. Even if Arsenal wouldn't have got that, they still would have lost this match. I want to be clear about that. Yep. In the same way that Lacazette later in the match was destroyed in the foot. Literally kicked in the foot. Yeah, that with, was a, with that, a that full was one. swinging foot. Yeah, that was, that was one that actually hurt my score. To the toe. Yep. And, and Arsenal, all, Michael Oliver just waved it off. Yep. So, look, penalties are—they are what they are. If you're lucky enough to get one, if you—if you're good enough to make it look good, then maybe you'll get it. Lacazette, but don't make it look too good, or else you're going to get called for a dive. That's right. Harry Kane made it look too good. He—he he right. dove. Lacazette went just straight down like anyone would who got kicked in the foot, and he didn't get the call either. So even though he was actually kicked, so whatever. It is what it is. Bottom line is Liverpool did very well. Arsenal did not. And kudos to uh, the Reds out there. Now, that's the, very kind. That that crap was is over with. Dave, I think what you're saying. The bottom line is yes that these things have changed. This is the long-winded roundabout way of saying <laughs> these things have changed so fast, and not because these are players who are all of a sudden discovering quality these are all quality players who have shown their quality over the course of the season so far that's right and everyone is just flopping like fish back and forth based on what they can do with their money i think one of the things you could do right now that would be extremely helpful 
Dave, yeah, would be to talk about one of the things you've mentioned a lot this season, which is not only trying to raise your team value, right, which we've talked a lot about, right. But I would like you to. I think you need to put this into the context of what you have called recently actual team value. ATV. If you want to abbreviate it into the name of an off-road vehicle, yes. yes. I, I would like to do that. The simple way to look at this, folks, is if you go right now, because many of you have already done this and you have activated your wild cards, clear out every single player in your squad and make it completely empty. Right. And then look at what amount of money you actually have to spend on players now here at the just past midpoint of the fantasy premier league that's season right. that's right when you look at that you will see what you have actually gained what your players have actually been worth and what actual money you have to throw at these players now who some of which are seem near essential some of which you are on your wish list and some of whom are you would love to have but are utterly unattainable because you just don't have the money to be able to do it no matter how you finagle things yeah dave what is your actual team value now that you've x'd out every player in your roster yeah i just did it and my actual team value uh is 103.7 obviously if anyone's listened to this pod before today if you haven't this is new to you but what i've been trying to do all year is, is trying to take uh, the heart and soul out of picking players, playing, in quotes, kind of money ball. And this is not a baseball podcast, Billy Bean, Oakland Athletics. This is not a baseball podcast. But playing yep. money ball with my team okay. and literally just for the most part making changes based on players' rises and falls to try to increase my team value to a 105 overall, at least by this moment. And this I, is e trade, but for fantasy Premier League players. Exactly. What I and I did that a few weeks ago. So my, but the the fun thing is, I have multiple players who are going to go up again, either tomorrow or the next day. And when that happens, I think my actual team value will be up to a one hundred four. It's like Bitcoin, but for e trade. <laughs> that's exactly. That's exactly right. Okay. Now, the bad side of, about that is this. I'm in last. (laughs) I've taken a lot of minus fours. Yeah. I've taken a lot of minus fours. Yeah, the minuses will hurt you. One thing that's going to... What did we see? What did we see? You looked it up the other day. The player with the highest overall team value in FPL right now... It was like a 109. Is that like some ridiculous number that you look at and you say, holy cow, how did he do that? And then you look at it and he's in like... He's like five millionth. Right. Because it's impossible to make that many changes and increase your team. He's made value. Eight, he may hit when we looked. He had made eighty some changes. That's correct. So, so that's that's ridiculous. What we're gonna find out near the end of this season is there's a, there's a fine line, and and I think you're closer to the the better part of the line than I am in making changes, increasing team value, yet not taking as many minuses as I have, right? And we'll find this out by the end of the season. I will say that as you're saying that, as I clear out my squad, my bank right now with all of my players out is a 102.7. Okay. So, so this, I am uh, one full pound right. less than you are. Right. However, my actual rank is, and my, and is my much better. mini league rank is higher. Yes, much better, like at least by 60 
So plus the way, points. so so this is just just in terms of strategy and just in terms of the way that we've described it. The way I the way I I feel like I I look at this is you would if you if you could pick you would rather have more money than less money. Absolutely. But you would also rather have I would rather have more points than more money. Technically, yes. In but. the end, and this is I've seen I've seen folks say this, and some of the FPL experts have said this. In the end, you're not going to care how many pounds you have to spend on your team. That's you're going to care what your what your what your points are. You're going to care very, which, which is going to be that's your rank. That's you're correct. going to care where you were in your mini league, and you're going to care what your final rank is. Not did I have 107 million pounds to spend on my club at the end of the season? Very true. Yeah. But the flip side of that is this, that pound difference. Let's say you and I pick exact same teams, right? Yep. Let's say we both pick, let's say we both wild card and we both choose Salah, Kane, Hazard, Robertson, and Allison. Yep. Which is a great, that's a, that is a, that is a backbone of champions, you would say. No doubt. It sure, it sure seems like it, right? It's only a dollar. But, and, and I want to say this, Brian's 102.7 team value, when people start checking what their team values are and they realize, yeah, holy crap, yeah, where's where's the 105.4 it told me I had? Right. You know, my 105.4 turns into 103.7 when I start transferring people out. Yep. And I've been pretty quick on the, on the buys and sells, so I actually gained value and or cashed in on guys' value, right? But right. if you have a Frazier, if you have a Hazard that you've owned for a long time, yeah, you're probably not selling Hazard, but you might you'd be thinking about selling a Frazier. Anyways, bottom I've line thought is, a lot about it, and it's actually cost me some money here now. It, that's exactly my point, right? right? So it, it's, cost you, it's cost you money. Bottom line is this. Brian, your 102.7 is very good. And Thank you. I think a lot of people are going to, when they, when they start looking at transferring and wildcarding, they're going to start moving a lot of guys around and thinking that they have maybe 103.5 to spend but when they go to really look at it they have 101 to spend and that yeah. they're they're two and a half pounds short which doesn't sound like much when you're talking about hundreds but when you start fielding a team it's massive for me the only player that i've had on my squad and i'm sure this is true for a lot of people the only person i've had on my squad from the start of the season is Andy Robertson. I have Me not too. I did not sell Andy Robertson at any point this season and I think you're foolish if you did. <laughs> right. However, Andy Robertson, I mean that's a perfect example. For as good as he's been, I'd say as as close to great as he's been this this season in yeah. fantasy performance and real life performance. He's only at a 6.6. He's gone up 0.6, which means so you 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 earn 0.3. You yeah, so you earn half of the you you actually have half of the earned value on a player, which we you know we can talk about that. We did talk about that last time, and, but either way, yes. Yeah, so he's a he in sale in sale value. He's a six point three. Right. So yes, exactly that. That's one of the few guys that I have that I've had the entire time right. that I never cashed in on and I never tried to come back to at any point. But I have done that with just about every other player that I have on my team. Ironically, so, I have as well. Let's talk about the wild card right now. Let's, yep. let's do it. Everyone out there, Brian, I think is probably feeling some form of pressure thinking, oh my gosh, I don't have that guy. Yes. I don't have Salah. I don't yes. have Pogba. I don't have Kane. I don't have Hazard. You might have two of those guys, but you don't have three. 
Or you might have three of those guys, but you don't have four. And so now you're considering the only way I can get those guys is if I wild card and move a lot of things around. Yep. Okay. So this now brings in a lot of questions. It's okay. Do I make the move to do that? Do I make the move to get all those guys? And if so, then who do I fill with the remaining spots? So Brian, I did a little bit of math. Okay. Which every once in a while I'm I'm tempted to do. Uh huh. It might not be exactly correct. But and just, in and in real world terms, sure. is dangerous for all of the people in this area around you. Completely true. It couldn't be more true. I did something like this. I took the top, I took Salah, Kane, Hazard, Robertson, and Allison. Pretty much the top scorers at each position. All wildly desirable players right now. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Okay. So I took all those guys. I said, hey, if I was going to wild card right now, who are the five most desirable players that if I if I could get, I would want to try to get. So I, I, I added the, the price of all those guys, added them all up. It turns into a 49.5. Okay. Now, that's for five premium guys. Let's just call them premium. Obviously, you have to field your fantasy team with 15 players. Right. So there's 10 guys left over. So that leaves 51.5 pounds left for the other 10 players. Yes. An average, obviously, Brian, this, that's easy math, uh-huh. of 5.15 pounds per player. Which everyone knows is not a lot that's when it not, comes down to it. That's not a lot at all. So what that creates... Goalkeepers, defenders, fine. Midfielders, not good. Mm. Forwards, very bad. Yes. So what that creates is a crazy, crazy dilemma. But listen, this is one that a lot of people might find themselves in. They're thinking, I got to have these players. Yep. So then so then they're looking at, well, if I were to do that, what's left over? What's left over? And so what I went through and did is, Brian, I took the top performing defenders under a 5.5 pounds. T- same thing for midfielders under 5.5 pounds. Same thing for strikers under 5.5 pounds, Mm -hmm. along with goalkeepers. So, you know, because we've also talked about this multiple times on pods recently is in the beginning of the year, you can get away with not having many points or not having players on your bench that you need to worry about playing. Yep. Going into this part of the year, the festive uh, holiday time, and then the rest of the season because of European play, and FA Cup matches moving around and weird things happening, you need to have a bench that's serviceable yes. and that can play. Yes, you need players on your bench who are actually playing, whether they're cheap or expensive. Your bench needs to be players who are going to be able to sub in and do something positive for your club, assuming that you are going to have rotation issues and players who sit out inexplicably or unexpectedly uh, every single week. So what I did was compiled a list of players under 5.5 in all positions. And then what I also found was this. So, Brian, you, the, those, those 10 guys left over with an average of 5.15 pounds per player. If you want to get someone who's a little bit better than that, that means you're going to have to take away from a position and get someone a little bit worse than 5.15. Yeah. 5.15. This, this is your classic enabler situation. It's exactly right. You need some enablers. And we've got them for you. So let's discuss that. Let's kind of dive on that quickly. 
and uh, see what we can do in the next five to, to eight minutes in discussing yeah. enablers. I like that term. That's a good term. So yeah, that's this is the this is the key thing. And starting the season, we talked about that. There are guys, you know, at the beginning of the season, everyone's looking for who's the cheap starter? Who's the guy that has a shot of coming in here? Of course, this season's all timer. Juan Basaka. So far, Aaron Juan Basaka. That's right. Aaron Juan Basaka, the MVP enabler. For this, for the, at least the first half of the season, I would say I, uh, the way he's been playing and as good as he is, I expect Still. I expect him that he I expect him to be there at the end of the season because he hasn't gone up all that much. He no. d- he dropped in price now he's back up again. So four point four. Well, we, let's start at the very very back. Okay, because we want to talk about because right now there are guys you know somebody that we've talked about here. Brian, we, you brought this guy to my attention and I added him as of today. Wow. Yes, you added you added Guaida. Today I did. Wow, Dave. I had it's funny, I needed three tenths of a dollar. And I said, you know what? Screw it. Let's let's make one more change. Take a minus four. Let's make the move. Let's get it done. Because I had to have these few other players in my squad. He was a key cog, Fabianski. So listen, but by, by, by the way, I'm sorry. Fabianski has underachieved. Over the last three or four match weeks. Yeah, it was a rough couple weeks. And I'm sorry for anyone if I led you astray. I, a, I did I did personally own him. I started him today. Not affecting it's not affecting his ownership. It's, He's it, still going up. I know, which doesn't make any sense. Yes, it does. But well, technically his schedule should be good. It they should good. be getting more clean sheets. Yeah, they've got problems. Anyways. Well, so the reason why I want to start with Vincente Guaita yes. is because we one we talked about him in the preseason. It was yes. somebody that you know I I think plenty of Palace fans expected, and I I certainly based on what was available to read out there would have expected that he could surpass Wayne Hennessy to get the the shirt, the goalkeeper which, shirt, which earlier point, in the season. At he, this point, it does seem like he's done. Well, so Guaita, the reason why I would start with him is that he is now the cheapest of guys who I think have the best chance of continuing to start. 4.2 up to 0. 0.0, 0.6 ownership, which is, you know, obviously anything less than 1% is, you know, sure. you, is an, an, an eyebrow raiser. Right. So Roy Hodgson called it a headache this week with the potential of Wayne Hennessy coming back. He had been out with back spasms, and that was a kind of an unexpected absence a few weeks ago. So in four starts... Guaida's gone. Uh, he's gone five, one, nine, and three in his fo- in his four starts. Twelve saves in right. those four matches. Two clean sheets. He got two bonus points against Cardiff. It might be still a selection headache, but you know, I would say just remember Guaida was their target keeper in the January transfer window. It didn't get done. Uh, I don't know if you remember that we talked about how uh, Getafe, the the club that he was with before accused crystal palace of uh trying to pull down their trousers oh do you remember that the they lowballed their offer low they lowballed the trouser pull listen we've gone far enough on that <laughs> they gave them a what they felt was an insulting offer for guaida in january okay and refused and let him go on a free transfer in the summer brutal so the basically it that, was that's a, that's Arsenal business. It was basically model. a done deal. Yeah. However, they they ended up getting so Crystal Palace got their guy who they were targeting. Look, he didn't do great on Golo Conte's goal today. 
I'm sure that's one. It's like, you know, like they would say, wishes he could have that one back again. But he's been good. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, they they had that one real chance. They did a good job against Chelsea in the first half today. Guaida's been good, I would say, very good overall yeah. in his four starts. So this is, uh, I feel like it's his job to re-lose. So Guaida at a 4.2. I currently own, again, this is apropos to me, I own Allison at a 5.8, right? So I, I think I bought him and I gained some some value with yes. him. But but bottom line is Allison, I own a premium goalkeeper, Allison, which I love going forward. Liverpool's clean sheets going forward. They should have a lot of them. Um, and Guaida is someone who I, I like I need – I need someone to play next week. I don't love the matchup, but I don't like the Liverpool matchup against Alice. Yeah. So I'm playing Guaida this next week, and I think it's Watford, I think, is, is the play. But bottom I think line they're is, home to Watford. It doesn't matter who they're playing. I'm playing Guaida. Now, the other guy, so there's two other names that are immediate for goalkeepers, and that's Sergio Rico from Fulham, now that he's gotten the starting job. Also cheap. I think Sergio Rico is also at 4.2. The only downside with him he's is Fulham. he's a goalkeeper for Fulham. That's exactly. Great. So they've been better in the past three against Trash. So you might actually consider using him in in any of their plus matchups. He has forty. You know he's forty three total saves, and he's only started. He's sixteenth overall in saves on the season, despite only starting in week ten. It's amazing. He only has three. He has four. His forty three saves is only three fewer than Allison and four. Less than Lloris and Schmeichel. That's crazy. Four fewer. Four less. Sure. Four fewer. It's the same. So Fulham has had two. They've had two clean sheets in the last three weeks after zero clean sheets in every other match. So if there's there, I mean that was impossible for them to go the entire season and not give up. You know, not get one clean sheet. Probably more useful short term is your namesake, David Button. Brighton's uh, really? stand-in goalkeeper until Matt Ryan is done at the Asian Games. Really Asian interesting Cup. addition right there. He's a 4-0. Yes. So till February 9th, Matt Ryan comes back February 9th. It, assuming, so we can talk about that for one second. Australia is the defending Asian Cup champion. Yeah. They are in a weak group, a group that they are expected to advance out of. Okay. The knockout stages begin on January 24th. The assumption is Australia will make it at least that far. Let's just, let's just call it right now. Uh, Australia-South Korea final in the Asia Cup. So that would be, and that is at the beginning of February. That is because the first week of February. Let's just assume that Matt Ryan and Aaron Moy. Now Aaron Moy's out. Sun Ming Hun. That's the problem for Australia. Is that Aaron Moy, because of his knee injury, I think he, it's an MCL injury, oh. is out of the Australia team, will not be participating mm, here. That is a big loss for the Socceroos. That is a big loss for the Socceroos. So, either way, you have David Button. David Button's in there till February. And he got on everybody's radar today or this match week because he finished with, you know, not only finishes with a clean sheet, but I believe he also got bonus points in the match. And so. Now, his upcoming schedule isn't great. It's it's at West Ham, home to Liverpool, at United, the the Gunner Solchar. You Solchigard. are not playing David Button 
unless you are so risky and you're hoping that he gets a penalty save. It's uh, exactly right. He, and he's not Neil Etheridge. We'll get to but him. This is all about this is all about saving money. And if he's the guy that you need, he can be a stopgap for you between now and the beginning of February sure. potentially to be that second goalkeeper so you can get someone else. Maybe you do that. You you cross the bridge when you come to it later. Figure out what to do whenever Matt Ryan comes back. Brian, what about Neil Etheridge, who seems to be the penalty stop saver well, of all time? He is he four or five? I yes, imagine he's, he's four gonna, or five. But he the last two weeks, I, I'm a ten thinking, and a fifteen. I'm thinking more. Yeah, I mean, if you want to keep counting on him making penalty saves and you want the Cardiff goalkeeper, by all means, go for it. But Larsol's <laughs> yeah. uh, the only other guy that is under four and a half. Yeah. That is going to be able to do anything. Lersel should have been Lersel should have been a consideration for your second goalkeeper since he be, took the shirt back from Ben Hamer in week three. Right. So of course he's only had three clean sheets all season, but his big score this week was he he saved a penalty this week too. Huddersfield's going to get what at least two more clean sheets <laughs> the rest of the season, right. like. This is one of the ah. like to me. This is like the last of the choices. I, you know, to me, if like just ranking the uh, uh, Asmir Begovic is the only other guy that's under four and a half, and he's. But I, I just don't feel like you would trust. Yeah, the I, Cherry's I, defense at all. Look, the, the, there's two other guys at four and a half that that are decent. Obviously, Patricio. Yeah, Rui Patricio right? has dropped. Ben Ben Foster. Yep, Ben Foster ben, and and Watford's schedule upcoming is very nice. So a so lot of people I, are are happy to go to Ben Foster. And then Neil Etheridge is the second highest scoring goalkeeper, Brian, in FPL. He's 12 points behind Allison. Yeah, and that's crazy cuz he's done that all in four matches. I know. All I know. of all of his big points have come in basically four matches. Which are yeah, I get it. But bottom line Technically, as we like to say, Brian, points are points. Points are points. Cardiff does seem to be a little, little testy, a little nervy against certain teams. Yeah. Well, and so yeah, I think these are all good. I feel like these are. This is that's a lot of, a lot of options to me. I think I feel like the the defense that I trust and the capability of of Crystal Palace. I, you know, Guaida is the choice to me. It's Guaida because I I feel like not only it's the guy that they wanted. He's four point two. Yep, four point two. That's right. crazy. Let's move to defense. The defenders, like we said, like the, you know, Juan Basaka has been the obvious choice almost this entire season. He he's four, still only four point four. That's correct. He's gone up. A, he's gone up a couple tenths that's here. Right. Recently, so, and I think you know, like he showed against City and now against Chelsea, what he's capable of. Yep. That dude is a shutdown. That is a shutdown side when it comes to attack. Whatever, whatever a team is going to do, I don't think they're going to test Juan Basaka. They're why bother doing that when no. you can go at Patrick Van Onhold on the other side, which he hasn't been bad. He he is a five point four, a whole pound more, which right. is interesting. He is not an enabler. He's not, but he has scored more points in the seventy two. Now I'm not surprised by that. However. The guys that I'm looking at that are going to help you here. Enablers. These these guys that are cheap. I'm looking at Johnny from Wolves. Okay. That's one of the first guys. He was a consideration but for Doherty. me. Doherty is too now, expensive? Right. That's what I mean. I'm thinking of guys. All of these guys that I'm about to name are all less than four and a half. Okay. So these are all players who you can either move someone who's more expensive and go way down. You need to make up a pound. And you've got Nacho Monreal rotting away on your bench. 
you just made yourself over a pound going gotcha. to one of okay. these players. All right. Johnny is only 4.3. He missed those four matches. He had a knee injury in match week 13. He was expected to miss a little bit more time than he did. Came okay. back sooner. His first match back ended up with a bonus point in a clean sheet performance from Wolves. Okay. I feel like he showed his effectiveness. Obviously, he's not as good as Dockery. Mm. But if you can't get to him, Dockery. If you can't get to him, you can likely get to Johnny. Pro- yeah, sure. At a 5.3. So 4.3. 4.3. Obviously, like we just said, Rui Patricio's price has dropped. And that's because they keep they, they're not getting the clean sheets that they were through the first, you know, the first, you know, thirteen weeks of the season. Right. However, four point three for a guy who is going to be involved in the Wolves attack, like we said, playing a three four the three four three that they do. It's him on, you know, he's opposite Doherty. So Chris, Christopher Schindler is a guy, like, he's not, he's not a first choice, but he is Huddersfield's most reliable defender, I would say. Okay. He's 4.4. 4. Okay. I, you know, I talked about him in the preseason because he's their bonus point king. A reminder, last season, finished the season last year with 15 bonus points, which was tied with Marcus Alonso and Nacho for the sixth best bonus point total in the Premier League That's last impressive. Season. He has seven bonus points this season, which is more than Benjamin Mendy. It's more than Jose Holabas. Wow. It's only one less than Trippier and Trent Alexander-Arnold have so far this season. Schindler. You're not getting the same points, obviously. They are not getting the clean sheets that those other teams are getting. However, the point is that when Huddersfield's defense does well... It is almost a guarantee that Christopher Schindler is going to be the key man involved in that. Okay. He is going to be the guy that gets the bonus points. This is a guy who is 4.4. So you are not using him most of the time. Nor are you really using Juan Basaka most of the time. And I don't think if you had Johnny, you would be using him. You might be more apt to use him because of Wolves. But Brian, like you said, these are enablers. Yeah. So. If you want to go with someone cheap who's playing, who has the potential of being a good deferential for you on a, right. on a weekly basis, these are the guys to look for. Right. Tim Ream, another guy. I know Fulham's defense stinks, but Tim on, Ream Brian, is... You didn't just suggest me a I'm Fulham saying, defender, look, did you? He's 4.2. He's only 0.1% owned, which means not owned. But he started four of the last five matches for Fulham. If Claudio Ranieri is going to give him a spot... Tim Ream was key for Fulham stay, uh, being promoted last season. Technically, I'll, Brian, I, as much as I was sort of initially wanted to poo this, two of the last three matches, Fulham has had clean sheets. Exactly. So this is so he has started. He started four of their last five. New manager Claudio has a way of changing things. Right. So Dil- they they still stink, and I'm not expecting. I don't think anyone's really expecting them to stay up. Dilly ding, dilly dong. It could get good for them at some point. Sure. And it and they like we said, it was impossible they weren't going to get clean sheets at okay. all through the course of the season. But Tim Reams, 4.2, and he's starting. One more. G- give me one more. I, I want to say, you know, we talked about West Ham defenders, but I think everyone is a little bit skeptical. If you own Fabianski, you're not going to own Balbuena or Diop. I would say Declan Rice okay. out of that because Declan Rice is technically playing in the defensive midfield for them. And he's four point four and listed as a defender. But he's playing midfield. So he's for playing them. as a defensive midfielder. You're yeah. getting him a little bit more advanced. Not a, not gonna do a lot for you. Got you. Um, but the guy, look, I said, Jan Bednarik. 
I don't know how else to say. Jan Bednarik is 3.9. He is 4.3% owned for a reason. He's That's a high ownership for somebody that is that cheap. So many people went to get Pelt, Lee Peltier from Cardiff. He is not going to start. I don't know what anyone is doing buying Peltier. He does not have a spot. Look at his starts over the course of the season. The Daily Echo talked about Jan Bednarik. It was a little over a week ago. Jan Bednarik was asking the question. He just said he was confused. When Mark Hughes was the manager, his exact quote is, I was the only player in Europe that played more minutes for my national team than I did for my club. He went, like the article said, he went from being a regular starter in the Premier League to a starter for the world in the World Cup with his national team, to not even making the Saints' starting lineup most of this season. It's so weird. It doesn't make sense. He has now started the last five. He has gotten you, I think, a total of six points in all of his starts well, this season. He's had three yellow cards, and yes, and he's those... had three yellow cards. And these are these, you know, of course, today was Manchester City. I'm saying they have, well, and they still have stuff to sort out. Bottom line is this: he's three point nine. He's three, and he's starting, and he's an he's an enabler. I am not telling you that you are going to start Jan Bednarik every week. Right, he is not an every week starter. If you want to go from if you want to go from a five dollar defender, a five and a half dollar defender, you can make over a dollar and a half in a big move from a guy who's expensive to Jan Bednarik. Brian, Bednarik is a great enabler. If you want to try to make a move for someone expensive like Salah or or Kane or someone else and you got to make some money and you got to cut right. some ties somewhere, that guy, you're not going to find a better one. I think the obvious move, I mean, so many people are going to Dina. Everyone's going to Doherty. Everybody is moving. You know, if you want to go to Juan Basaka, like you can see these players... I think that the you can still make a ton of money going from because now like everyone who has owned Marcus Alonso, uh, you know, even today he ends up with a yellow card, and and doesn't even get the full benefit of the clean sheet. Right. So Marcus Alonso was seven point one not too long ago, and he's down to a six point eight. Marcus Alonso is one of those guys that you can go to anyone. Yeah. So. Yeah, you want to do something totally crazy? You want to you want to make almost three pounds on a sale? Go from Marcus Alonso to Jan Benarek. Yeah, obviously it's a gigantic drop off in what you're getting in on the field performance, but you're making a ton of money. And if it's the difference between you being able to afford somebody really good in your midfield, somebody who's actually going to make the big difference for you week to week, then yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat. Brian, midfield. Let's go there. Well, you know already, Dave, there is a nearly endless number of choices here. So let's let's take the top five. Well, we've already I'd say you already know the good options. We've already seen some good options this season. David Brooks. Yep. Back he, on the radar again. He's he's been my guy. Yep. And David, I don't I don't currently own him, but for a lot of the season I have. Yeah. So so Brooks midweek he had a really I mean, we saw his header was such quality that Eddie Howe even commented about how if he hadn't had, what did he, he had some kind of like... The, uh, the header on Brighton, it was this weird little light flick. Yeah, it was perfect. Was so perfectly done. Also saved Ryan Fraser owners on the assist on that goal. Yeah. But I digress. Right. Uh, 
No, Eddie Howe talked about how uh, uh, David Brooks is so good that if he hadn't had like some sort of uh, he had some sort of ailment, he had a sickness, yeah, that um that he felt like prevented other teams from looking at him more seriously. Otherwise, a team like us wouldn't be able to even have him. Right. David Brooks. David Brooks has shown his quality here, and five pounds remains one of those guys. Agree. Look, Callum Patterson, Robert Snodgrass, and Golo Conte keeps teasing everybody. Uh, now hey, he's back on back three, on it again. He's three four, goals, three goals for the year, Brian. Four point nine, like we you know we saw in the last few weeks. Andros Townsend with his the probably the goal of the year uh, against Manchester City. I don't know who is going to beat that. Andros Townsend back on everybody's radar. At, you know, even at five point eight, he's, he's a little bit more pricey. He's a little bit more at expensive. Five point eight, the in the the realm at which we're looking. Um, Nathan Redmond, Scott talked about him on yes, the website this that past is week. Worth re- that is worth mentioning. Like as much as you know, if I, he's just point se- point seven percent owned, and I think you know that's the result to me of the past few years, people jumping on his potential at different points of the season, and then end up getting what you got from him in weeks one through sixteen, which was a huge load of nothing. Right. But all I- of his returns, you know, recently two goals and two, two goals, two assists in the past four weeks, and. Again, he's on Southampton, 5.2. He is going to be available for that sort of new manager bump and the change of philosophy. We've seen in a great scale what that can do for Manchester United. It, it'd be foolish to think that that couldn't happen on a smaller scale at Southampton. Yeah, and Nathan Redmond, like I said a couple weeks ago, you know, when last time we recorded, he's, he's up there in some of these attacking statistics you feel like he's, you know, I would say you feel like he's a bit more unlucky not to have gotten more returns. All right. So um, the guy you, Redmond, the guy you really want to talk about here, Dave, is Victor Camarasa from Cardiff. I have him down at 4.6, 64 points on the year. Man, that guy had a monster goal today. Yes, he did. And. Yeah, he and, is, he and is as, absolutely worth looking at. And as everyone saw against Manchester United, he took the penalty kick whenever it was available to take. So the last the last four weeks, he has a 5-7, 2 and a 10. Yep, so 4.6 is one of those guys. Now, the, the schedule for Cardiff for a while is still, even if it's good, it's still Cardiff. And so you would say Cardiff at home is better than Cardiff away. Right. Uh, but at the same time, everyone else is looking at the Cardiff fixture as this is a win for us. This is true. But Cardiff has been really pesky yes. most of the year. Yes. Etheridge, they- Etheridge uh, saving penalties. Uh, Bamba coming up with a rare defensive header. Camarasa smoking in goals. Uh, Cardiff sometimes is that team that you think you're just going to walk over, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, my gosh, you're trying to win it in the 90s. Yes. Yeah, so the players are still obviously going to play, and like we said, Callum Patterson is one of those guys that is is gonna he's going to provide returns. They're going to be there. Would the issue rather- is this is about this is you need money. Here's a way to make the money. Sorry, the last I mean even in midfielders like we talked about, Solly March, right from Brighton, and Solly March has had himself a couple of games. He here. Looked- he's he's in an even five. Um, one of the other one of the other guys I know he's right at five and a half. And he's up now to five and a half. Gerard De Lafayu has looked ridiculous yep. for Watford. Yep. And I know that I know that a bunch of people like people have put 
Pereira as the Watford midfielder probably a, of preference. De La Faux is cheaper. But De La Faux is playing, yeah. playing basically as a striker alongside whoever it is, whether it's Success or Dini. And De La Faux is making it happen. That dude looks awesome, and he is five and a half, and he is really tempting to me. Strikers, Brian. Let's do. Let's move on to them. Well, the last. I mean, you. There's there's less names here. Yes, definitely, and that has everything to do with you know because you. It's the to me those are the usual suspects. It was, you know, you've probably already been on Jimenez. You've already been on Rondon. Ron, well, Jimenez, Ron, Jimenez is a little bit more expensive. Ron, yeah, Jimenez is now pushed up over six. Rondon is still at five, I think he's at five point eight unless he's gone up to five point nine. Rondon's at five point eight, I think. And Danny Ings is the other one. To me, it's Danny Ings. I you know, I owned Danny Ings already this season. I have not jumped back on Danny Ings yet. Uh, but he would be the guy if I really needed the money, he's the guy that I would feel like is the no brainer. I would go to him. I agree. I although Rondon's very tempting. Yeah. I feel like he's finally going to be getting a run of... It would purely be because of Newcastle's terrible schedule for like the next six weeks or whatever it is. He could still do it. I mean, oh, it has... Their schedule's Their brutal. schedule is brutal. And, and to me, though, Newcastle is the same kind of... They have that same kind of pluck. And whenever they play, you know, it's... Rafa has them... Rafa knows what to do. And so he can steal. he can steal it. He can get you the points, and he's going to do. He, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he nicks a goal here and there. Rondon is a, he is on any set piece. Rondon is a threat to score. Yeah, Fact. and he's and he's had tons of shots. He, you know, for for a little stretch there, he was taking he had taken the most shots, or one of the most he had taken one of the highest totals of shots of any striker in the Premier League over. You know, it was like the last five or Brian. Five, is Danny Ings weeks. not starting? bother you at all not at all i need he needs rest okay and i'm sure that was all they were looking at is they're playing manchester city gotcha so danny yanks got the penalty against them at manchester city before and i'm sure you know they look they gotta they gotta rotate they gotta keep guys fresh he's gonna sit every once in a while but are you were you counting on him today no, danny ing's owners were you were you plugging him in your lineup definitely against manchester city no, probably not. It was probably just you had him in there because your other player uh, you didn't even know might be starting. And maybe, Brian, that was Abu Babukar. I you added an extra Babu. Abu Bakar. Yes. Kamara. Kamara. Kamara, Brian, for Fulham. Until Holy. this week. Hey, look. Until this week, this was this was the guy, the ultimate save yourself a ton of money and go to him because he was starting to get a role. He was basically alternating every other week, starting completely or subbing on for about half. A, a talented guy who really helped Fulham out last year in the championship Yep, was, was having a little bit harder time finding his way this year. I owned him to start the year as I wasn't playing three strikers and didn't care about that. I had since sold him weeks ago, but now he seems to be a very viable option at a 4.4, <laughs> although today's actions was yeah. crazy. So, yeah, I mean, everybody kind of, I mean, everybody everybody saw Ranieri's, you know, I wanted to kill him because he took the penalty away oh. from, and I'm sure Alexander Mitrovic owner said, yes, I wish you would have killed him before for he me, stole the ball. For me, the quote of the year is Ranieri saying, when when asked, he had already answered a question about Kamara, and then the 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 reporter doubled down on another question and said, 
what did you think about him? And Ranieri said, in my opinion, the quote of the year, I wanted to kill him. Yeah. And that was in reference him turning down Mitrovic to take the penalty kick, and then he proceeds to miss it. Yeah. It is the... It is the anytime I feel like Brian, there's any sort of on the field controversy on who's going to kick a PK, it's complete bad mojo, and neither one of those guys should kick it. They should bring in a third party to come in and kick it because there's some form of hex on the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that match, I mean, one, I feel like that solidifies. Like, I feel like you should, if you own Alexander Mitrovic, you should feel a little bit better i think right. about it and then on top of that it leaves a little bit of mystery here whether or not there's going to be some sort of further punishment you know reporters you know kind of getting trying to get ranieri to to say whether or not this was going to result in some sort of uh some sort of enhanced action here whether it's possible he could be kicked out of the first team and ranieri said basically i'll i'll do what's best for the club so there's a little bit of i mean i know people are still probably going to move for him but Taking a minus one here, you know, on the missed penalty, and then on top of that, having a manager who's saying like he was disrespectful. I've never seen this before in my life, uh, and you know, if it's best for the club, I might, I might let him play. I might not. Yeah, uh, that's a big one. So Kamara is one of those guys that, uh, you know, I feel like that was the guy. The other guy that was really close, and I think tempted a lot of people. I'm sure plenty of people moved to him and were disappointed uh, because Everton is going to be disappointing for you all the time. Was uh, <laughs> Dominic Calvert Lewin? Dominic yeah. Calvert Lewin was looked like for a second there. I mean, look, he's five point three, and he got those three consecutive starts, uh, you know, and did well. You know, a goal and two assists in his yeah. starts against City, Tottenham, and Burnley, and then you love that. Absolutely. That those are returns against City, Tottenham, and you know, and then again against Burnley, which is terrible. But to play away to Bur- to Brighton and only get eighteen minutes off the bench—that's annoying. But I, I think I think he's still someone going forward that that is going to be worth worth a go. Yeah, it very well could be. Now it's going to be tougher though if you own Richarlison and or Dina. Yeah, you know, I get it. Like, do I really want to own three three Everton players? Probably not. I don't know. But look. As a cheap option that could perform, I like it. Yeah. No, those are, I feel like those are the easy guys. There are those guys that are just past that level, like you said, Jimenez. Uh, hey, Callum Wilson is going to dip back in there. Uh, and while Bournemouth's out of form, like you know, everybody, I think everybody's going to hope that that dips a little bit lower. And they're going to forget uh, about him. And if they, yeah, if he, if they find it again, the guy that's really on the edge, who uh, we saw got to, got to start again. Uh, today got back in the lineup was Marco. Yep. Uh, at six point nine, and that's a guy I feel like. Uh, I feel like that's a guy that can get you there. Fingers crossed that his hamstring doesn't explode again at some sure. point this season, which it probably will. Brian, I want to address one more thing before we okay. we start to put a bow on this. How are you? If I, I don't know, uh, if you're going to do your wild card yet, I doubt you are. But if you were going to. Would you go with a lineup that kind of handicaps you in other positions, or would you go with something that kind of gives you a little bit more options? In other words, like, yeah, I had to make that decision kind of this week. I'm not ready to wild card yet, and I haven't, but I did take another minus couple points today in some of the changes I made, and I had to make a decision. Do I move for Sala now, or do I... Do I like what I have across the midfield? My current midfield 
is is Hazard, Erickson, Pogba, Richarlison, and Snodgrass. Yeah, it's pretty good. I feel like this is pretty good. Yeah. If I move for Salah in there, now I even even Hazard, who's my most expensive midfielder, Salah's two point three pounds more than Hazard. It just feels like a lot of money to commit in that area. Now, yeah. if he's captaining, and that's where the benefit of Salah hit. Like, if you're going to own Salah, you might as well captain him every week, yeah. right? Because you want to make sure you get all those captain points. But if you don't own him, if you, if like Hazard or Pogba or Erickson and or Kane, because I, I am a Kane owner as well, I feel like I have options there yeah. that will that will cover me not having Salah. Is that a val is that a valid concept in forming a team? Well yeah, and that's another I mean you see this is I mean we'll kind of wrap it up on this for sure is you see the way that the where the money has shifted. I mean there was for a while there, I mean we we were I think our mini league reflected that. The money was all in the back. Right. So I owned Alonzo, Robertson and Mendy right. all at the same time, right. like a lot of people did with right. Trippier at the beginning of the season. And it was it was really good for your points for you to have even four of those players. Now that Alonzo has dropped way off, Spurs have not really like Trippier hasn't had one, he's been injured and right. he's been this you know, he's been rotated and you know they you know they've kind of ebbed and flowed in terms of their defense. Like He's not nearly as desirable of an option. And then you see with Chelsea, like David Luiz gets the the bonus points today. Virgil van Dijk has you know has had two weeks in a row where he's basically surpassed everybody else in in you know for the Liverpool backline. And so those are the kind of things I feel like are just going to kind of come and go and you know now the you know the money's kind of shifted. The money shifted up front for a minute. I think you know everybody was really would have been really happy to run Kane and Aubameyang together. Now you're probably more leaning more towards just Kane, or maybe you just go with Aguero if you want to think about going back in there and having just one premium striker and throwing way more of your money into the midfield. So that is such drastic change from back to front and into the midfield. Sure. There aren't enough wild cards in the world to be able to <laughs> ebb and flow that way, and then I think too the other like I it doesn't I don't love I don't know how other people feel about this I don't love having Pogba and Rashford I don't love having if I had Son and Kane I don't love doing that it when it works you are you are thrilled You're stoked when it was when it was Ryan Frazier and Callum Wilson blowing up. For the, all of those weeks together, that feels great. Two weeks ago, starting two or three weeks ago, right. having Ryan Fraser and Callum Wilson, all of a sudden feels like, what am I doing? Right. I've ruined my entire team. Uh, I get it. So that's the part that for me, I, I, I think my, I feel way better when I've spread the wealth over a variety of teams, and I definitely feel better with my lineup whenever I can say, you know what, if I need to play five midfielders, I have the I have the players to be able to do that. Yeah, you know who doesn't help me do that? Lucas Torreira. Right. And so, as much as you want to say, like, oh, great, I got N'Golo Conte's goal today. You got his third goal, and it's his best attacking returns ever in his career. So. 
I guess if you want to make him your fifth guy, I have a feeling there are going to be way more weeks where you say, I, I regret doing this. Yeah, probably. Um, wh- there are way more weeks where you're going to say, I regret doing this. Yeah, probably. And I think it's going to be about the same. I feel like you could do that. It could change in a, in a heartbeat up front. If you decided, you know what, one premium guy and I'm going to have Rondon and Ings, and then all of a sudden Vardy goes on a run. Or Obama Yang goes back on a hot streak again. Kane dips. You know what I mean? I feel like I feel like you're just gonna there there are certain guys, and this is one of the pieces of advice that you know I that some of the FPL experts, you know, actually on the fantasy Premier League videos we're talking about was basically you don't don't get rid of players who you know are quality. Right. To chase points whenever if if it's just if it's just a bad result. And I feel like that's what everyone is kind of doing here, especially with Raheem Sterling. Right. I feel like that's one of the worst ones of all. Well, I didn't didn't ever when I sold him, I didn't feel great about it. But I did did it literally just because of the money for right. me. And so and and but I, I and I didn't want to sell him either. But it was but it really was like how many more tenths am I going to see shave off of this guy? Seriously. And how many more weeks am I going to see this other dude? you know outperform him and that's the t- that's the thing you're going to have every single week and i feel like there are, there are so many times where you see you know what if i had just waited if i had just held i know it w- i know it sucked to get those two twos back to back but then i missed his 10 yeah so that's the part for me that like i think i would rather have a balanced squad over you know over the entirety of my team rather than say like it's what I have now. My bench, when I throw my three worst players on my bench, if I just had to play my strongest squad, the three guys on my bench are crap. Yeah. And it's gonna and it's like, please don't sub in. Please don't make me have <laughs> right. to sub those guys in. Right. And so yeah, I think that's the whole I think that's the whole point. You need, you know, not only like we've said it, not only do you need players who are going to be able to play if you need them to but there, I feel like now you've gotten to the point where you'd way rather have players that you know are going to do well. Yeah, I agree. My bench, I feel great most days, assuming proper matchups, but that my bench, whoever is going in there, is going to be able, be able to perform. And that is a good feeling if you need them to do that. But look, crap happens all the time. Go, yeah. Listen, I had a bad week this week, bad fantasy week for me. Yeah, My captain didn't hit, and on in every player, which should have had a great matchup no one no one did it yeah thing uh which was frustrating but you know what look that's fantasy life that's fantasy life you didn't have a good week either no i did not have fantasy life so i am alive in the fpl cup though so yes amazingly such yeah your 38 survived (laughs) My 38, it got me to advance, which is un. I only say that because it's worth mentioning that you won your FPL Cup match with a 38. With a 38. Yep. Thank uh, you to thank you to some guy who hasn't checked his lineup uh, probably since week five or something. Well done. Yep. Well, n- nothing worse than getting beat by a dead lineup. Brian, I feel like we've covered a lot of value valuable points i hope so uh especially going into this wild card season i'm sure we will readdress some of this when scott gets back scott we hope your voice comes back once again we we need you we can't do this uh in a proper way without you yep that's for sure uh so listen 
I hope everyone has a great rest of the new year. No. Yep, we're almost no. to 2019. I, I You'll hope be every- listening to this probably in 2019. I hope everyone has a good new year. Yep. If not listening to this in the new year. In tw- 2019, Ryan, uh, I hope everyone looks for us. Yep. At all the normal social sites at fantasysoccerfc.com. Yep. Keep checking keep checking Scott's Scott's team as he updates on Instagram and That's lets right. you kind of see the mind of his decision making as he goes into each uh, as he goes into each match week. I mean, he might be wild carding this week. I don't know. He has thrown that out there as an idea. Yep. Um, but Fantasy Soccer FC on Instagram, at Fantasy Soccer FC on Twitter, and Fantasy Soccer FC on Facebook. Hey, for the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time. <laughs>